Good Morning Pensacola, Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. that we're looking at now, I, I, I can't even consider the other offer, uh, Mr. Chairman and, and Wes and Allison, because I don't think it's a serious offer. It's completely 100% out of step with the master plan. It loads up the field with a bunch of single family residences, houses, no area for job growth. So that's uh, Jeff Bergosh, Commission, Commissioner Jeff Bergosh, talking during the agenda review last week about the OLF8 project and saying that the second one that they had in hand is um, not a starter, that it doesn't uh, fit within the confines of the master plan, doesn't do its job properly. It's basically all housing. I mean, not all, but, you know, that was kind of his criticism of it. Instead, the plan brought forward by Fred Hammer is the one that they're going to keep working on because that's the one that seems to satisfy most everybody involved. It seems to do the things the master plan wants. Teresa Blackwell, who's been the, the main person at speaking on behalf of sort of the citizens who wanted more of a town center and a, uh, you know, activity zone, so to speak, on OLF8. And then, of course, the commissioners, particularly Jeff Bergosh, but several of the other commissioners as well, wanted it as jobs. And so we've got this, you know, compromise that has been worked out over a long period of time, it was very hard to get to. And, you know, we're finally there. And Fred Hammer's, um, Seems to be interested, seems to be willing to do that. And, you know, um, it may be, you know, fingers crossed is going to work out. They were Basically what they voted to do was to go to uh, contract negotiations with Al- Allison Rogers and Wes Moreno talking with him about, you know, what are the particulars? How much due diligence period will you have? He had originally wanted, I think it was 10 months, 10 or 9 months, and they wanted it down to 6 months. He came back with 7, I think. And so that's how much time does he have to really make sure this is a project that he wants to put the money into or not, and then walk away if he doesn't want it. But then, of course, what's the cost of getting that exclusive investigation period? Well, you got to put down some kind of earnest money, so to speak. And then the question is, well, how much? And then is that money at risk? As in, if you say no after six or seven months, do you lose the money? Or is it just like put in a special escrow account that you get back if you say no? That doesn't do much for the county, as Stephen Barry correctly pointed out. You know, we don't really... We don't need the earnest money, particularly, unless you're going to lose it, in which case it ought to be, you know, that makes more sense. So, you know, they kind of had that conversation. I think they landed on the right point. In case you wonder what the dollar values involved are, I thought uh, Commissioner Bergosh did a pretty good job summarizing that. You know, we're still in this thing for about $14.6 million. I mean, we did, we did sell the 100 acres of Navy Federal. So if, if we're able to make a deal with you at $20 million or more, I just want the taxpayers to know that would be this board um, making a good deal and returning money to the local option sales tax fund, which could be used in all of our districts. Jeff, yeah, I thought we were in about 17, 18 million. Yeah, yeah we were, but we've already sold 4.2 million back. Oh, okay. Yeah. We were 18 and a half, 18.6. We sold the 100 acres, so we're about you know 14.6 million in. So, well, uh, you'll have your money back, and you'll have the 250 acres. Yeah, which is true. Like you'll make a profit. If it turns out and you'll still have not quite half of the property available to develop into, you know, other, you know, job creating things. I am a little concerned about the job creation part. And it was because of a kind of an offhanded comment that uh, Commissioner Bragash made that he said, you know, we're, we're into this and we're excited about the possibility. I'm certain we will be able to f- fill them up with jobs. We don't have a lot of available parcels. 
that close to the interstate where we can add some e-dates and incentives to bring businesses here. E-dates and incentives? I, I could be wrong. I often am. But I don't think in Santa Rosa County they're offering incentives to the businesses that are beating down the door to get into their industrial parks off of 87. So if we're building or facilitating the building of a really sweet right off the interstate and eventually going to have another access to the interstate off of the backside on Beulah property where we can have jobs and light industrial, um, why would we have to offer e-dates and incentives? I mean, we did have to offer, you know, pretty big incentives to Navy Federal to come, and that worked out pretty well, you figure. But the whole point of this project was we can get jobs. But if those jobs come at offering discount on the taxes and we're paying them basically to come here, you know, how great of an idea was it to begin with? That just seemed weird to me. I just It caught me sideways a little bit, the idea that even ahead of time, before we even have it available, their thinking is, we can fill that up as long as we pay people enough to come here. I don't know. Just I, I thought that was weird. Seven fifteen here on News Radio ninety two three. Jake's got traffic on the fives. Well, we're looking good around our roadways this morning. Not seeing any major accidents reported by FHP. And looking at the traffic map here, not seeing any major slowdowns either. Highway ninety eight through Gulf Breeze and Navarre is flowing smoothly. Coming out of Milton this morning on Highway ninety through Pace, you're looking good there. If you're on Highway twenty nine south through Cantonment and Inslee, I don't see anything slowing you down as well. Chase Street, Gregory Street, Garden Street. Palafox all checking and clear. If you do see something out there slowing you down, you can always call or text our traffic tip line. That number is 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with your traffic on the fives. Thanks so much, Jake. Back to the conversation about OLF8. Okay, I made an observation during this conversation about something that seemed weird to me, a different thing that I have not talked about yet. But it involves Commissioner Bergash. And I know that he and I do not have a particularly good relationship. <laughs> not right now. <laughs> a long time ago we did. Not right now. And so I'm cautious about my own, you know, I don't want to ever find myself in the position where like, well, everything Jeff says is wrong, which is not. I mean, many times he says very smart things. Um, but this, I want to get your opinion. Do you think this is weird? And the background is Navy Federal acquired 100 acres of that parcel and turned it into this beautiful publicly available park with all kinds of amenities which he talked about, okay? You're the best offer we've had so far, and I'd like to see it go forward. Um, one final request. You've been to the park that Navy Federal has created? I there? have. It's probably one of the best parks, I would say, that I've ever been to in my life. If you haven't had a chance to be there. And, and it is. He's exactly right. It's a beautiful park. And I want to publicly thank Navy Federal Credit Union for honoring the commitment to make that park um, a public park. Uh, that was part of the deal. We wouldn't have sold them the property otherwise. This this board and this administrative staff negotiated that. Okay, but here's where he's getting to. This is the key clip. But the one thing that park doesn't have is tennis courts. So um, I would ask this board, I would love to explore the, the possibility of us building four lighted tennis courts adjacent to the northern part of that park. I'll pay for it out of my local option sales tax. I would, I would just... That's something that I'm going to request because I think that makes that park perfect. And again, more for context. It has pickleball, it has basketball, it has outdoor workout facilities, and it has all the infrastructure that tennis players would need. Um, they could just walk, we could connect a path. I'm going to run it by Navy Federal too, but would that, uh, would that be something that would interfere with anything that you were planning, knowing that we're going to that I'm going to request we carve out at least a couple acres to do that? I think there's enough land where we could accommodate that. Okay, that, that may not stand out to you as anything interesting, 
here are the relevant additional facts. Um, Commissioner Bergash is an avid tennis player. Avid tennis player. And he lives across the street. So he's taking time and negotiating power and putting it into making sure that an amenity for his preferred sport will be available right across the street to him. Now, I am sure he would also say, but this is for the public. The public will have four courts. This will be a very, very good thing. I'm saying I've observed pickleball courts being full and tennis courts being empty. (laughs) You know, generally speaking, when you go around and look. And he came back to this and said, you know, what do you think about this? I I would challenge everyone, go to that park. It's a great example of public-private partnership that's working. That basketball court (laughs) has 50 or 60 kids playing on it. It's amazing. It's incredible. It could be perfect. It could be even better with a couple lighted tennis courts, but uh, we could talk about that later. I don't know if we could afford clay courts. I mean, I'd have to be. I I would love that, but I don't think we could afford it. And then in the night meeting, that was the agenda review. And then in the night meeting, you know, they came back and said, you know, we've we've heard your request and we can accommodate the tennis courts. That's fine. And then he said this. I think the parking, Steve, I agree with you. I've, I've ridden up there. I go up there frequently to play tennis and it's out of control, especially when school's in session. Because he has to go to UWF to play tennis or, you know, out on the beach somewhere or to Bayview or I don't, you know, I don't know where he goes to play. Roger Scott, maybe. I don't know. So, again, I ask you, I I genuinely want your feedback on this. Is that just a commissioner who's interested in making a cool thing that he likes? Because he's talked before about getting a steak restaurant there on the property with a where he can get a good steak and a glass of wine. And I think everybody looks at that and thinks, well, that's kind of a weird thing to keep bringing up. But that's a completely understandable everybody will use it. That never that never seemed weird to me. This caught me kind of like, ah, why is he lobbying so hard for a carve out for a thing that will be of particular personal interest to him with taxpayer money through he said discretionary funds? You know he'd be willing to pay for it, but of course with our money. I don't know. So again, I'm sometimes over critical of him. I try not to be. I really try not to be. And so I want your thought. It, like, is this just? hey, this is what commissioners do, it's in his district, this is looking out for the public, or, huh, <laughs> you know, what's what's your reaction to that? I genuinely want to know. 437-1620, 437-1620, I'm Andrew McKay. Do you feel disconnected from the educational resources your family needs? Resources like free tutoring, aftercare, and scholarships? Join me, the host of Voices United in Education podcast, Meredith Hackworth-Edwards, and Cody Struther from the Scandia County Public Schools on Pensacola's Expert Panel, Thursday, February 15th at 9.30 a.m. We'll talk scholarships, aftercare, and tutoring, as well as our first ever Podcast of Palooza event on March 2nd. The Pensacola Expert Panel on News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620. Text or call with your questions, 850-437-1620. Here's today's Strength for Life with your host, Pastor James C. Johnson. Happy Valentine's Day from Strength for Life. As you think about your spouse or your sweetheart this Valentine's Day, remember that in the Bible, the word charity is used to describe a love that gives. 1 Corinthians 13 explains that charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Charity, or love, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. The Bible says, now abideth faith, hope, charity. These three, but the greatest of these is charity. This Valentine's Day, remember that real love is not about what a person gets, but it's about what a person gives and forgives. 
That was James C. Johnson. He serves as the pastor of North Stone Baptist Church in Pensacola, Florida. For more Strength for Life, please visit our website, strengthforlife.church. Looking for a sewing machine? Daryl Sewing is the largest sewing machine dealer in Pensacola with new machines starting at $249 and used machines starting at just $150. There are lots of machines to choose from under $500, plus sewing furniture, craft supplies, and fabric. Financing is available. Daryl Sewing, 6705 North Davis Highway between Creighton and Burgess. Online at sewinginpensacola.com. The folks at Daryl's say, when you buy from us, you get from us. That's sewinginpensacola.com. Join Stefan Schmidt, Marine Service Technology Instructor at Georgetown Technical College for Boat Smart on the Pensacola Expert Panel this Friday at 10 a.m. Key Marine sponsoring the show. When Key Marine needs to hire Marine Service technicians, they hire students from Georgetown Technical College. Have a boating question for Stefan? Then give us a call at 437-1620. It's a dream team, so join them this Friday at 10 a.m. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 a.m. 1620. News Radio Pensacola on 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. Informative, local, dependable. Very nice. Wawa Wawa. I think the parking, Steve, I agree with you. I've, I've ridden up there. I go up there frequently to play tennis, and it's out of control, especially when school's in session. But the one thing that park doesn't have is tennis courts. So um, I would ask this board, I would love to explore the, the possibility of us building four-lighted tennis courts adjacent to the northern part of that park. I'll pay for it out of my local option sales tax. I would, I would just, that's something that I'm going to request because I think that makes that park perfect so question i ask you and i ask because uh at the moment i do not have a very good relationship with commissioner jeff bergash i mean he hates me uh that much is obvious uh and i try really hard to be as fair as i can to him because knowing that makes it a little bit more difficult but you know there it is um i asked the question because talking about olf8 and he lives right across the street he's an avid tennis player and he is actively negotiating to have four tennis courts put in at olf8 next to the park that uh, that uh, navy federal built and i asked the question because i don't trust my instincts on this okay do you think that's just representing the community and trying to make the thing better or is that self-serving is that inappropriate use of his power 437 16 24 37 16 21 i read you a bunch of these texts we got a lot of texts came in on this uh let's see uh somebody here says he can go to the one on mobile highway by the equestrian center somebody says he's not representing his constituents he's representing himself somebody says no it's a commissioner wanting stuff for himself somebody here says i understand that commissioner bagosh is an avid tennis player but he's also a sampling of the community so it's six of one way half a dozen of the other uh good comment uh somebody says maybe we ask for a nine hole golf course as well while we're at it <laughs> okay. i'll take that yeah somebody said that's a lot more footprint uh, somebody says, possibly sounds self-serving, but is, it, but is it more worth than adding stop signs on Langley, which smooths out someone's particular dog walking route? Ouch. Um, I mean, that's, you know, maybe it is, but maybe it's common enough. Um, somebody says, I think Navy Federal put enough research into amenities for the park and did not put one in, did not put in tennis courts because of the lower use it'll see. And it seems a little questionable to use tax money for a park amenity that he would most likely use exclusively. 
Somebody says um, parks and rec folks should determine what amenities should be at OLF8. Uh, do a district-wide survey of residents to see what recreation facilities should be offered there. Uh, 437-1620. Uh, somebody says kids don't play tennis. They need benches with phone chargers so they can sit and stare at their devices while old people play ten- <laughs> play pickleball and one commissioner plays tennis. <laughs> there it is. I was waiting for somebody to say pickleball because that's really what the constituents want. Uh, um, So interesting. Uh, I think. Yeah, uh, I'm just looking. I'm just reading if this is re- relevant. Anyway, okay, so just I mean, good sampling of comments. That's and that's why I wanted to ask because get your sense, not just my sense of things. Four, three, seven, sixteen, twenty, uh, and somebody says um, Jeff is. I won't use their characterization a bad actor, but this one isn't bad. Um, uh, it's this is reasonable. I think is the takeaway here. Four three seven sixteen twenty. Jake has got traffic on the fives. All right. If you're heading through Cantonment this morning, we do have a wreck in front of the fire department on Highway twenty nine. Uh, a car is in the median at the moment, and uh, Highway Patrol is on the scene, and so that might cause some slowdown getting past there. Also, we're seeing our normal morning slowdowns on Highway ninety eight westbound through Tiger Point and eastbound, leaving Navarre heading into Wind Haven. Other than that, around town, we're looking good. I-10 and I-110 are at posted speeds. Uh, Chase Street, Gregory Street, Garden Street, Palafox, all checking in clear. If you see anything out there slowing you down, you can always call or text our traffic tip line. That's 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with your traffic on the fives. Thanks so much, Jake. Steve Taylor's in the newsroom with our headlines. Going Steve? on the big on Valentine's and President. All right, well, we'll get to Steve in just a second. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got, something's I, I can't I can't hear you, Steve. Over the music you've got playing got, somehow. Got, right. Gotta, All right, oh, there we go. I'll tell you what. You work on. on that, and we'll get your news at the bottom of the yep. hour. No big deal. It's live radio. Sometimes things happen. Four three seven sixteen twenty. If you need uh, heating, air conditioning, electrical, or plumbing work, Peden. They are your folks to go to. You know they're going to show up. On time, professional service, do it right the first time with the right products. That's the idea. And they are expanding. I mean, they have been, you know, I've only been kind of doing ads for them for a little while, but it's like in the time, the amount of expansion that they have put in is kind of frankly amazing. All the way over to Tallahassee now and to the west of Baldwin County and Mobile. So they are all over the air. Of course, obviously, right here in Pensacola as well with a big location uh, in the Ellison Industrial Park. Right now, if you get a new air conditioning system purchased from uh, Peden, then you also get a free tanked water heater. Uh, so that's a pretty good deal. They are hiring AC technicians, plumbers, and electricians in all markets. And again, they are now serving Mobile County, Alabama, and Tallahassee, Florida. Find out more at Peden, P-E-A-D-E-N.com. Oh, this is very interesting. You know how we just got ShotSpotter here in Pensacola and in the county? The Escambia County Sheriff's Office and the Pensacola Police Department working together on that. That's the triangulation service that can identify, you know, when a shot is fired, how many shots are fired, what caliber, what, you know, all kinds of stuff so that you can dispatch immediately and go to the location and find out. If not the active event, then you can find shells, you can find evidence, you don't have to wait for calls. There's all kinds of benefits to this. Chicago is getting rid of ShotSpotter, which... Caught me a little bit by surprise, but I saw this report yesterday that um, they are now getting rid of it. Apparently, the criticism of ShotSpotter in Chicago, no, not that it gets used too often. <laughs> People are so mean. Um, no, but that it's um, it's it's racist because it tends to be deployed into minority neighborhoods, which the police say, well, that's we're putting where the crime is. It also happens to be minority neighborhoods, but the outcry against it is that it, 
puts police in a more aggressive mode when they police into those neighborhoods, uh, that they respond to these things, you know, sort of guns blazing, ready to go, that it uh, alienates them from the community and it's racist and all that. Um, interesting. So ShotSpotter is in about 150 cities. There are a couple of other cities that have done away with it. Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, San Antonio, Texas have gotten rid of their uh, shot spotter. So, or at least, are, uh, yeah, I think they have done already. So I just thought it was an interesting story since we're adopting this technology. And so far, it's been relatively useful. But in Chicago, they're getting rid of it. Also, of note, Chicago has had a decrease in serious crime since COVID by about 30%. So things are getting better in Chicago. News. I'm CJ Pop of the House. Impeachment inquiry into President Biden moving along. Former Hunter Biden associate Tony Bobolinsky uh, testifying for several hours behind closed doors on Capitol Hill. Bobolinsky saying in his opening statement, quote, his family's foreign influence peddling operation from China to Ukraine and elsewhere sold out to foreign actors who were seeking to gain influence and access to Joe Biden and the United States government. Fox's Brooke Singman, Maryland Democrat Jimmy Raskin discredited Bobolinsky saying he didn't link President Biden to any criminal activity. House Republicans impeach DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, the vote. 214 to 213, sending it to the Senate and U.S. CENTCOM just reporting conducting a self-defense strike against one mobile anti-ship cruise missile in the Iranian-backed Houthi-controlled areas of Yemen. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning at 731, 41 degrees and sunny right now. I'm Steve Taylor for News Radio Pensacola. The Escambia County Sheriff's Office says it has identified two men who they're calling persons of interest in a homicide case. They aren't going to call them suspects yet, but the men are wanted for questioning in connection to a murder on Monday night at Moore Avenue. The investigation centers around who shot and killed a man inside of a home on the 7,000 block of Moore Avenue. Uh, there's a shooting. We go inside uh, a house and end up finding an individual that's dead from a gunshot wound. We have, if if you're um, listening, we have on our Facebook page um, a couple pictures of two people that we think are persons of interest. Uh, we really want to talk to them. The Escambia County Sheriff's Office says the victim, a man who has not been identified, died at the scene. The Sheriff's Office said the two men also have been identified as of now. A Pensacola 18-year-old was sentenced to life in prison for a shooting. He shot a woman in the head last April. A judge sentenced Ryan Seals to life on Friday by the Escambia County jury following the conviction for attempted second-degree murder. The trial lasted two days. The incident happened April 7, 2023, about 2.30 in the afternoon at a home on a 1,000 block of Potomac Drive. That's when Seals and two others allegedly fired gunshots at a home, one of them hitting a 28-year-old woman in the head. Later that day, the suspected vehicle was located, Seals was driving, and led police on a high-speed chase. The judge sentenced him to serve concurrent terms of incarceration incarceration for those counts. And also 20-year-old Darian Johnson was charged with attempted homicide in that shooting. His next court date is April 10th. In light of recent criticism directed toward Baptist Hospital's handling of the legacy campus, Pensacola Mayor D.C. Reeves says that he is focusing on a project that could transform the west side of the city as a whole. An opinion piece from FloridaPolitics.com paints the picture of the old campus as a symbol of corporate neglect and an albatross around the neck of Pensacola, threatening to drag an already impoverished area further into despair. What I hope is that a lot of who's on first is, is going to be, uh, you know, really a moot point. Let's, if, we can, if we can get this property improved and we can leverage this as our community subsidy to provide affordable housing, 
Um, I think every city in the state is looking for, for opportunities to do that at this kind of scale. Reeves' mission is to come up with the funds to cover the nearly $17 million cost for the demolition. It appears likely the state will contribute about $5 million, while the city remains in the talks with Baptist to contribute about $3 million. It looks like a beautiful day outside. Let's check the forecast from Channel 3. This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. A nice sunny day for your Valentine's Day. Temperatures around 63 degrees. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 43. As you go into Thursday, sunshine continues with a high near 66. Thursday night, temperatures dropping near 49. Some rain chances build in for the end of your work week with a 20% chance of rain on Friday, mostly in the evening hours. High on Friday near 66 degrees. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Thanks, Brooke. Right now, let's check in with Jake Walker for Traffic on the Fives. This traffic report brought to you by Executive Landscaping. The uh, 17th Avenue uh, uh, 17th Avenue is closed at Graffiti Bridge. Thank you for our traffic. Traffic tip line, 437-1620. There's also a wreck. uh, This is in Cantonment uh, in front of the fire department on Highway 29. We have a car off in the median. uh, Crews are on the scene. That could slow some things down there. Also, we're having our morning uh, slowdown here on Highway 98 westbound through Tiger Point, as well as eastbound leaving Navarre heading into Winhaven. Other than that, around town, we're looking good. I-10 and I-110 are at posted speeds. No delays on Burgess or Olive. We're looking good from 12th Avenue through to Palafox and W Street. And Highway 29 is accident-free from the Atmore Cutoff in Molino through Cantonment. If you see anything out there slowing you down, you can always call us, 437-1620. This traffic report brought to you by Executive Landscaping. Call them today for all your commercial and premium landscaping needs. I'm Jake Walker with your traffic on the fives. Thanks, Jake. Right now, it's warming up a little bit. 41 in Pensacola, 42 in Gulf Breeze, and 37 in Milton at 735. The next news is 8, breaking news anytime. I'm Steve Taylor for News Radio Pensacola. Informative, local, dependable. I'm Nicole Murray with Your Money Now. Jeff Bezos has sold another $2 billion worth of Amazon shares. The former CEO sold an additional 12 million shares yesterday, along with the original 12 million Amazon stocks this past Friday, equating to nearly $4 billion total. Earlier this month, the retail giant revealed Bezos was planning to sell 50 million Amazon shares over the next year. Bezos has not given a reason for the sale. Mortgage rates are inching higher. The average interest rate for 30-year mortgages increased to 6.87% last week from 6.8% the week before. The Mortgage Bankers Association says total mortgage application volume fell 2.3% last week, also compared to the week prior. Applications for a mortgage to purchase a home dropped 3% for the week and were 12% lower from the same week a year ago. Futures are slightly higher after tumbling yesterday from the higher inflation report that's your money now the port of pensacola is more than just a name it's a powerhouse of economic opportunities a strategic location that sparks growth and prosperity contributing significantly to the local and regional economy with 23 incredible businesses that call this port home big names like cmex materials ge wind energy and soon the prestigious american magic sailing team Since 1754, the Port of Pensacola has been the driving force behind Northwest Florida's economic success. Explore more at portofpensacola.com. Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. 
And now, during our President's Day sale, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus free home delivery when you add any base. Ends Monday. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. News Radio Pensacola has you covered no matter where you are or how you like to listen. Tune into our frequencies on 92.3 FM, 95.3 FM, and AM 1620 for the latest breaking news, local updates, and in depth analysis. Can't be near a radio? No problem. Streamless live on our website or through our convenient app. Available for download on your mobile device. Plus, with our smart device integration, you can ask your virtual assistant to play News Radio 92.3 and we'll be right there with you. It's News Radio Pensacola. Just a uh, quick estimated uh, install completion date for red light cameras is July 1st. Um, so we've, uh, we've heard back from our vendor on that. And uh, again, bear with us on you know something that's still several months away, could change. I'll continue to update you guys, but, uh, but we are penciling in July 1 as the red light camera. Uh, update. All right, that is a firm in cement date that will definitely not change. You can count on it, take it to the bank. Just joking. Uh, red light cameras to be effective as of July 1st in, in uh, Pensacola City. Joining us now, we have the mayor of Pensacola, D.C. Rees. Mr. Mayor, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Thank you for having me, Andrew. Absolutely. Uh, so before we get started, I just want to let you know that uh, I am not a city resident and I do not own a business in the city of Pensacola. Okay, for the record? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Thank you. This is a, a super inside joke, and I got council members are dying right now at home. <laughs> so right. there in the meeting on Thursday, this was the repeated refrain as the people who got up to speak did not understand what Casey Jones had meant by asking people to state that one way or the other. And anyway, I just thought I'd start there just for no reason whatsoever. Um, <laughs> red, red light cameras, um, July 1st. And what do you want people to know that we haven't already said, or even if we have already said it, you want to say it again? Yeah, look, I mean, not much more to know. July 1st is the uh, is slated uh, date. Uh, for that, obviously, there's those are vendor uh, expectations. Some of that out of our control in terms of timing, equipment, labor, and that kind of thing to get them up. So, uh, but that is the preliminary date there sh- that we are shooting for. And just a couple quick reminders because the, the really the only misperceptions I get are, uh, you know, once every couple weeks I'll get an email saying you're shortening red light. This is what they did in another city. So someone will have read about something that happened in another city and then automatically presume that that's what's happening here. Uh, with, and I mean, just on the logistical side of it, um, we put an FAQ up a couple months ago. Um, I mean, it still can be found. It's Googleable, um, and I know it's on our website uh, somewhere. Uh, we can get a link to you. But uh, ultimately, we've we've kind of mythbusted a lot of these things. Um, that no, we're not shortening yellow lights. No, we're not following you home to your house on camera. No, we're not <laughs> doing those things. And my question ultimately is always this: uh, someone will oppose it, and. Andrew, you probably heard me say this three times on here is I'll typically write back and say, are you planning on running red lights in 2024? Uh, because, right. you know, that, that takes this conversation two different ways. Because if you're not, then what you're asking me is, is moot. If you are, uh, then we have to have a bigger conversation about why it's so important for our economic development to run red lights. 
you know, you know, it, I, I am, um, yeah. I am glad you said that they're not following you home because the one thing I had heard was that you had an auto loader of um, iPod Air, I, you know, Air Tags that you were going to be shooting at cars as they went through Correct. red lights and tracking them all the way right. home. So I, I'm glad that you dispelled that uh, very valid rumor proposal. Yeah, that's the second craziest proposal I've heard so far. So uh, anyway, um, well, okay, so, yeah, that, so five intersections, July, five intersections, July one, um, and, and and you know I like to remind everybody. I've said this from the beginning. This is a pilot. I, I'm not promising what happens, mm-hmm. and we're going to give this a year or so. We may move intersections. We may lower them. We may increase them. Uh, that's what a pilot means. Is we're going to we're, we're not going to every right red light in the city. We're going to see how this works and make sure it makes sense for us. I, uh, I'm sure we're, there's going to be a process improvement for us too, right? I mean, we're going to learn something. So, uh, but that's how you have to approach things like this: is before, you know, uh, is not as something that's permanent or indefinite, but uh, more as uh, that we're learning on the job as well. Absolutely. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the parking thing because we haven't had a chance to talk much about it in terms of increasing the penalty if people do not pay and then they get a ticket uh, if they don't properly use the system and then they get a parking ticket. I was floored by the data that Lisa Deese gave saying, and forgive me if I get the numbers wrong, but that the revenue we made off of tickets last year was in the three hundred to $400,000 range, but the amount of money we spent on enforcing and collecting that money was well over 600000 meaning that we're losing money every time somebody pays a parking ticket to about a 150% ratio. Is That seems... That's crazy, <laughs> but that is that's why you raise well, the penalty, right? Things, sure, there's a couple things you have to understand. If you if you eventually raise rates, or let's say there's a scenario that a private lot, you know, we're, we're setting up that where the city could do enforcement in private lots and write tickets, um, which I think would be, uh, you know, certainly something we would welcome if, if we're approached uh, about that. Well, if they're charging four and five dollars an hour, a ten dollar ticket's not going to really do much good, right? As an example. Or if we go to a dollar an hour, just let's talk about city spaces. If we go to a dollar an hour, I mean, you know, you could stay in a parking space for 17 or 18 hours of chargeable time. A $10 ticket's not going to do much good. So, um, so naturally, when th- those increase, what's the goal here? And I think you, you and Lisa's data, uh, you sharing it, personifies it, which is our goal is not to write tickets. Right. You know, people, I, I get it when you, you get one and get frustrated. And I think the data explains that, right? I mean, it costs us more money to chase down ticket or ticket revenue, then, then, then it, I mean, the operation to do that is more expensive than the revenue that comes in. Right. right. So when you understand that, why do you charge? Well, you charge because if you didn't, no one would ever pay the right. dollar an hour. So it's got the, the, the penalty of which you do not uh, pay the dollar an hour has to match or, or, or be congruent to, uh, you know, what the, the, the dollar, the, you know, the, the fine of not paying it. And so, Naturally, we see prices going up. Um, in, in, again, we're trying to be fair. I think it's twenty. It's twenty-five dollars for the first two tickets. Uh, instead of going ten, twenty, forty, we're doing twenty-five, twenty-five, fifty. So I mean, it's you know, you're not going to get into to uh, to a three-digit number until you've had significant issues over a short period of time with not paying for uh, your parking. So, um, so you know, there's a there's a couple different reasons we're approaching that, Andrew. But it's uh, but you know, it's focused on for this whole process to work. All of these things need to fit well together. Right. Yeah. No. I, no. I see that. Uh, and I did not. I had not understood all of that when I first read the ordinance about raising the fine. I'm like, oh. But then when Lisa and you explain it, like, oh, that does make sense. We're talking to DC Reeves, the mayor of Pensacola. Hang on for just a second, Mr. Mayor. We got a traffic on the fives from Jake.
I love our listeners. They always keep me uh, <clears throat> keep me informed here because I did not know what was going on. I-10 eastbound, that's going to be right at Nine Mile Road. We have some really, really slow traffic. It wasn't showing an accident, but uh, somebody from the traffic tip, on, trip, tip line let me know that there was a glass truck that dropped uh, some of its load onto the highway, and that has glass shattered all over the roadway. So that is, that is, yeah, that is backing things up uh, really bad in that area. Also, 17th Avenue is closed at Graffiti Bridge. We have uh, in Cantonment on Highway 29, we have a wreck in front of the fire department there. Uh, highway Patrol is on the scene, and we're seeing our normal morning slowdown on Highway 98 westbound through Tiger Point and eastbound, leaving Navarre headed into Wind Haven. Thank you for keeping me updated. If you see anything out there on your roadways, you can always text or call me, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with your traffic on the fives. Thanks so much, Jake. Back to uh, Mayor D.C. Reeves. Um, Mr. Mayor, you know, one of the things that you talked about in your press conference is we're getting really close on American magic. Where are we at? Yeah, so, um, I mean, we're, we're literally uh, hour by hour of getting uh, a lease completed uh, with American magic. Obviously, there's there's two big parts to this. Uh, the execution of this one is of course having this agreement um, and they've been great the entire time we've we've been very aligned on that and of course second is we got to build the thing right so um, we continue to work on that Uh, we've actually heard some good news recently that we may get a little additional funding from uh, Governor DeSantis who's been an integral part of of helping make this happen Uh, with some initial funding we may be getting a little bit more as uh, as we try to, to manage a delta between you know, funding and, and construction, which is pretty much every construction project these days. Um, but uh, but we'll get there. Um, so that's really the second part. But the first exciting part is uh, uh, we hope to have in hand on Friday and, and uh, the ability to go to council next week to get approved uh, a 10-year lease with a 10-year option with American Magic to make uh, Port of Pensacola their permanent headquarters. So, uh, so a huge step for us, huge step for our community uh, and for economic development and for so many other things uh, that will be great to say that we're the the sailing home of the United States of America. We had a um, the the lengthiest portion of the meeting on Thursday was uh, the lot of a very large number of members of the public who showed up to protest the demolition of the Malcolm Young Gym, which of course was voted on six to one. I was not surprised that people showed up. Um, certain of them represent a certain political viewpoint in this city, which I think is well outside of the mainstream, the, the Communist Party, basically. Um, and so I take yeah, a lot of what yeah. they say with a grain of salt. It's not that they're not entitled to their opinion. It's just that they don't represent the, you know, very many people. Um, but there were some others who were very much you know, against us. In the end, city council votes 6-1, to one, and um, you know, several people who had had serious questions about this, Jen Brayer, Jared Moore, uh, voted for the demolition – and and gave their reasons, which I thought was a very adult decision of the lesser of two evils and what makes sense long term for the city and all that. What surprised me was Charles Bear and really turning this into a very, you know, the city's not doing its job. The city's not taking care of people. This doesn't make any sense. He, he admitted that he felt embarrassed not having done more about this when he was in office before. But were you surprised by his, I don't know, tone or comments in that vote? Um. Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, the nice part is the facts prevailed in this case. That that in this particular event, the facts prevailed. The facts were there's no there is no financial logic whatsoever to support uh, this building. And because one organization sees a building that they don't currently that that is not theirs and that they have a desire to want that building, doesn't now make that logical. 
So, uh, you know, you heard there's a lot of there's a lot of emotion about it. Absolutely. I, look, I, I've said many times I played basketball there growing up. Um, there's a lot of emotion about it. But just the, the best example was there were a lot of people that came, came and spoke and said, hey, uh, you know, we shouldn't take this away from the children. Well, I hate to break it to you, but we leased this building to one company, to one school four years ago. So, you know, the question I didn't ask that I really probably should have asked that I thought about after was to everyone in the room is to say, if we spend $3 million on this building, but we then immediately leased it back to the rightful leaseholder, right? The only reason they're out is because it was unsafe for children to be in the building. Right. If Would that be a good use of taxpayer money? Because if <laughs> the point. answer is no, then you see the dilemma. I mean, then why, why are they kicked out? Why would they not get right of first refusal to go back in the building after we spend $3 million? So is it important for the community or is it important for, for one group in the community to get? And that's, the I, I think, where we had a lot of emotion and a lot of misperception that was misguided. So I, I'm appreciative of, of most of the council uh, certainly supporting uh, the idea that if we're going to spend $3 million on something, let's have something that's going to last here. I mean, let's, let's, let's spend it in a more prudent way on another gymnasium if that's what we want to do. You know, if that's what the council comes back and says, we need more dim space, then let's go work on gym space. That doesn't make this a good idea. And, 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 so, I, and I appreciated um, a lot you know. of those comments about things like money for the Fricker Center, money for the other one, and, and also possible. And the general tone, which we know, like, we have been buying and building things that we cannot maintain and cannot afford to maintain, so let's think Correct. long-term about this. Yes, gyms lead to programs which benefit children, particularly at-risk children and minorities and, and lower income, and that's very important to our community. So how to solve that problem? Well, that's the challenge we have. I, you know, So, I mean, it's, it's much more than just we're attached to this gym and, as you said, the particular problems right. of, of restoring that particular facility. We always like to end with the, um, uh, with the lightning round, ask you the, uh, the, the quick question, so to speak. First question, on a TV show, name a character that really, really annoys you irritates you and you wish didn't exist well you know i don't have a particular character but um anytime i walk into a room with the uh, any of the housewives shows on i'm just immediately just generally uh, <laughs> so that's a whole genre know. okay all right fair I'm enough i'm proud to not know any names offhand <laughs> i got you i walk i walk through the room fast enough um who would you like to see perform a super bowl halftime show even if it's somebody you already have but is there anybody that comes to mind as a who you'd like to see perform Oh, I mean, this is topical because you see the meme out all the time. I think we need a Creed reunion uh, Super Bowl. A Creed uh, reunion? After the, uh, is that what you said, Creed? Yeah, I mean, bring it back. It, it was, it, yeah, the Dallas Cowboys tucked in jersey. Uh, Scott Stat, uh, you know, I, I think we got to do it again. <laughs> nice. Yes. You made Jake die over here. That's oh, good. Man, I, nice callback. I'm, I'm surprised that that's the angle you look at this from. It's <laughs> well, he like, was a sports uh, reporter for a long time, uh, okay. so he was immersed well, in the that fashion, world. The fashion aspect. Of All right, it. last one for the mayor. Uh, yesterday was National Pancake Day. Uh, what is the right way to eat pancakes? Um, I, I'm a pretty uh, classic guy. I just uh, the biggest one is you can get not too much syrup it can't be like drowning bogged down yeah. uh you know it's just a just a gentle amount all right all right and i said last one but i do have one more just because it's relevant it is valentine's day today uh and uh dare i ask do you have any special plans for uh your sweetie uh well uh my daughter and i uh my girlfriend a little under the weather weather so she may uh be uh hanging out at the house with uh dayquil but um i will tell you uh this will be my fourth year in a row at waffle house Oh, so nice. Is, I do Kids my, love Waffle House, yeah, man. Nice. That's that's great. Yeah, we go find the Valentine's Day Waffle House that's decorated and 
Uh, it's become our thing. Waffle House is a surprisingly so, uh, no popular pancakes, Valentine's Day destination. It mm. really is. Well done. All right. Uh, Mayor D.C. Yeah. Reeves, City of Pensacola, sir, thanks as always for the time. We look forward to uh, the meetings next week uh, or the, um, uh, the, inter- the press conference next week and, of course, talking to you next Wednesday. Thank you so much, sir. All right, guys. Thanks so much. 753 News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. For a short month, February sure has a lot going on. The big game, Mardi Gras, Valentine's, and President's Day, to name a few. So, what else can we celebrate? How about a very low interest rate and $500 cash when you finance a 2024 Volkswagen at Feedmore Imports? That's right. Feedmore Imports now offers 1.9% financing for 48 months on all 2024 Tiguan and Taos models, plus $500 customer cash. The 2024 Tiguan S from 29101 and financing for 1.9% at 48 months. The 2024 Taos S from 24991 and 1.9% financing at 48 months. Plus the 2024 Volkswagen Jetta S now from 22481 with available financing of 1.9 at 48 months. These deals won't last long, so hurry to feed more imports. They're not in Car City, but at 106 New Warrington Road, Pensacola. Special APR rates and bonus cash for qualifying credit. BCI must take retail delivery by March 4, 2024. See dealer for details. Gulf Coast businesses are set to lose over $5 million this month. I'm Nathan with Data Revolution, and this is your Cybersecurity Tip of the Month. It's the beginning of tax season, and scammers know the threat of an IRS audit gets people to pay. Know that the IRS will never initiate contact through email, and any email threatening an audit is just a scam. Businesses along the Gulf Coast trust Data Revolution for their cybersecurity and communications needs. Visit datarevs.com for more information. I've been collecting watches since around 2018. Uh, made my first big purchase thinking that was going to be my only watch. When you're looking at watches and you're doing them online or if you're in the secondary market, it can be scary because there's a lot of fakes and I really do focus in on coming into an authorized dealer like Berets for any of the Omega or Brightly purchases. They will let you try it on, take pictures, go home, think about it, and just really set your mind at ease. Come visit us at Beret Jewelers. Stillwater's Day and Medical Spa is here to help take the pressure off of you finding the perfect Valentine's Day gift this year. Share your love this Valentine's with a gift of renewal and relaxation at Stillwater's Day and Medical Spa. Stillwater's offers a variety of spa treatments, including facials, massages, spa pedicures, and more. Valentine's Day gift certificates can be purchased online at stillwatersmetspa.com or in person at the spa located in downtown Pensacola. Stillwater's Day and Medical Spa, Pensacola's world-class luxury spa. Pensacola right now with Joe and Austin. It's like headline news for radio. Every day, 4 to 7 on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Uh, now I'm simultaneously sad and old. Um, Jake didn't know the, uh, the, the uh, Tweaky from Buck Rogers in 25th Century. Nothing there for you. No Aaron Gray. Growing I know up, no Gil Duck Gerard. Dodgers. Oh no, not, that's, not Buck no, Rogers. Stop talking. Uh, so, <laughs> Seven fifty. You didn't watch that. that does, I did. I did. But you're <laughs> you're not helping. You're making it worse. <laughs> oh, somebody texted and said Creed's on tour this summer. <laughs> that's great. 
That's awesome. All right, Jake, mm. tell them about the roads. Uh, with arms wide open. Um, <laughs> nice. I-10 is really backed up eastbound this morning, starting at Nine Mile Road. We had a glass truck drop some of its glass onto the road, so that's really got things backed up. And uh, also, 17th Avenue is closed at Graffiti Bridge. Uh, in Cantonment on Highway 29 this morning, we have a wreck in front of the fire department. A car is off in the median, so we have crews on the scene there. We're seeing our normal morning slowdown. That's on Highway 98 westbound through Tiger Point and eastbound leaving Navarre heading into Winhaven, as well as Highway 90 coming out of pace on the curve to Scenic is starting to back up, and Highway 29 through Inslee is starting to slow down as well. If you see anything out there on the roadway slowing you down, you can always call or text our traffic tip line. <laughs> 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with my arms wide open. <laughs> I had to. I really, really, really had to. That's my guilty pleasure. I do rock out to some Creed. <laughs> Steve Taylor's in the newsroom with our headlines. Steve? Yeah, actually, you should find the Rolling Stones and Shattered for the in honor of the glass all over the road there. Yeah. Well, it looks like January saw slightly higher than expected inflation rates. New government figures show the consumer price index rose three-tenths of a percent last month as Americans paid more for some of their goods and services. A person's dead and five people are injured after a car crashed into a Texas emergency room. Two children were among the injured after the car plowed into the ER lobby of the North Austin Medical Center last night. The driver was pulled from the scene, given CPR, but died on the scene. Officials in Kansas City are suggesting to Taylor Swift, saying, don't come to today's Super Bowl parade, as her boyfriend uh, Travis Kelsey is celebrating with his team. See, the Kansas City Chiefs are holding their victory parade today, but a city official told the local radio station this week, if Swift is at the parade, that could add a second level of security issues uh, to the parade route. Yeah, no kidding. It might be too much for them to handle, so stay out of town. We love you, but stay away. Right, yeah. (laughs) That's right. Oh, somebody texted. I love my list. Steve, thanks so much for the... Somebody says... Well, to be fair, uh, Doug Dodgers in the 24th and a half century and Tweaky were both Mel Blanc voices. Oh. You guys are so smart. (laughs) I mean, so smart. Oh, hey, I have tickets. Guess what? Since we're in this realm of voice actors and characters and people on TV, uh, Pensacon. Pensacon is coming up February 23rd to the 25th at the Bay Center, the biggest comic book, pop culture, and cosplay event in the panhandle. I have two free tickets to you to go for a single day. Be caller number three, 437 1620. Dependable traffic on the fives, weekdays on News Radio 923, WNRP Golf Freeze, Milton, Pensacola.